Welcome back to the Two Type Ones podcast. This is episode number 47. And also, this is an extra special episode for us because this is going to be episode number one of season two. That's right. It has been a full year when Graham and, we, when Graham and I sat down and looked at the calendar trying to think about uh, what direction do we want this podcast to go in terms of the next couple of episodes. Uh, we looked at the calendar and it was at the, at the time of this recording, it was exactly two days after we released the very first episode uh, last year in July. I think it was July 15th that we released the very first episode in 2020. So crazy to think that it's been a whole year. And thank you so much to all of you who keep listening every single week. You've allowed this to happen. You've allowed us to get to season two and just continue to talk about diabetes. Uh, today, Graham's going to be by himself. I wanted to do a quick quick introduction to his episode. Uh, this is a perfect way to kick off season two. Uh, Graham's gone through a lot of hardship over the last two months, to say the least, and I'm going to let him explain and talk about uh, some things that he really wants to get off his chest, but I thought this was going to be a perfect direction, a perfect way to kick off the very first episode of season two. I hope you take away some really good nuggets from this episode. Graham talks a lot about a lot of deep stuff and um, it's a lot of personal stuff. And it, it, some of it was very emotional for me um, because when I hear about things and when I think about people's stories, I would try to relate it to myself. Um, if I was in those situations, how would I have handled it? Um, if I was in those situations, what would I have done? And hearing some of his stories and, and, and him being able to overcome so much in his life uh, really gave me or really inspired me. So I hope you are inspired as well. And this, the purpose of this episode is to really kind of kick off season two and hopefully lift you guys up. If you're down, if you're struggling with diabetes, um, that's, that's what we really wanted this episode to do. So without further ado, here's Graham. So, as you've heard, we're starting season two of the Two Type Ones podcast, which is super exciting. It obviously would be a ton of fun to sit together with Ken and do some crazy celebration episode. But in, in some regards, we're calling this a welcome back episode because unbeknownst to our listeners, we have not been able to get together, Ken and I, and have a good sit down because of schedules and situations um so i thought a nice welcome back would be to because what has happened so recently in my life has become complex just to get my story out there and give a message and give a a, a piece of hope for people and what i love about this podcast is i'm a very private person but i look at it sometimes as a journal and it's something that a story I can tell that'll always be a reference point that someone could be, you know, told about for the next whoever, 35, 30, 50 years. And, and that's maybe what um, my approach to this is and why I thought it'd be fun to sit down and give a piece of hope by, by telling, by telling you how miserable my life has been to give you a piece of hope. So here's my story real quick to get to my point. Uh, I've been diabetic for 26 years. 
I was raised in a very suburban middle class environment where most of my parents' friends were kind of they were making friends with each other because they were pregnant. Let me let me put it that way. And the neighborhood that we lived in was very driven by, you know, you hung out with kids your age. So I had a very core group of 10 best friends growing up until this till this day. Uh, these my two of my best friends that I'm specifically talking in the, in the group of 10 our parents were friends long before we got pregnant. We just happened to be the same age and boys. Um which is, you know, long before diapers. I mean, we were, we were, you know, we've known each other from day zero. Um, when we were 22, one of them committed suicide. So that was really tough. Uh, but it was crazy because in my therapy and learning about myself, my foundation always came back to the strength diabetes. It always, it was weird. The strength that diabetes has been such, such, again, as such a foundation in my life, not just, you know, to, to most people, you think it's a miserable existence, but in, in situations like that, it teaches you, it teaches you so much. My gosh, did it, did it teach you? But I was young and it's suicide. And it was really hard. I mean, that's a hard thing for a young kid, especially your best friend. He was my roommate at one point. Um, fast forward, I was 29, the night of New Year's Eve, I got a 6 a.m. phone call that another one of our best friends, our, our friends had passed away. He just didn't wake up it was nothing drug related or i mean he had had a couple of drinks on new year's eve but it's probably what seemed to the coroner like an undiagnosed heart condition um he and this group of friends was probably my arguably and everybody would tell you my best friend so he you know i didn't only lose a a, a core friend you know i lost my best best friend and i had already been through it um so that was really tough. And I hadn't even turned 30 and I had lost two really, really close people. Um, I've, along the way of my life since I was young, I've been diagnosed ADHD, ADD, obsessive compulsive, general anxiety. Um, I've done the whole stints with Adderall, the whole, you know, therapy and all those things. Uh, I made a conscious decision though when I was in my young 20s that I did not want to I did not want to put something in my body like an Adderall or uh, you know a substance I don't know I just I thought that the best way to get through my mental therapy my mental therapy was not going to be a pill it was going to be exercise it was going to be focusing on things like diabetes and the routine and letting that like in a way we say this to you guys all the time, but we mean it like letting diabetes take over. Diabetes can be my, my focus is I'm going to go crazy on my A1C and I'm going to train for a half marathon. And it became things like that. You know, it was very, I knew that there was a path with exercise and a healthy brain is a good way of saying it. That's why I didn't want to be on medication. And people think it's insane with all these diagnoses, but whatever, I figured I'd do it. I say that because by the time I lost my second friend my compulsions became about death seriously seriously about death and uh for the last five years i've been dealing with it a lot a lot a lot because it's just i i just obsess about death i worry about the future i don't think i'm afraid of dying i'm, af I'm afraid of the people around me and, and the situations and the what ifs um so again this is a welcome back in my story because sadly um just a month ago my dad passed away uh, he was 
he would have been 74. He had, um, he ended up having cancer everywhere. Uh, he went very peacefully, but very quickly. It was like five or six weeks. Um, very, very, very rapid decline. Uh, it was sad to see, but the difference for me was I got to say goodbye. I didn't get to say goodbye to my friends who had passed. And, and by the way, I'm not, there are so many other things that have happened. And sadly, a lot more has happened in my life. I'm kind of giving the highlights here. And sadly, they're about death, but that's kind of what happens. Um, so currently I'm dealing with that. And then last week I tried to go away for a little vacation and my dog of 11 years also, she passes away while I'm at a very good point. Like I was at a really good point because like I said, I, I didn't get to say goodbye to my friends, but I got to say goodbye to my dad and that was awesome. And he was in hospice and we got to be there with him and it was beautiful. Death in some regards can be a beautiful thing with the right approach. Um, but she just threw me that for that to have happened to compound it. And this has now been like, this is 10 days ago. You know, it was very, very, very hard. It was super, super hard. It was just like a lot was happening. And again, I'm not even telling everything of the story. I'm just kind of giving the highlights. Um, I bring this up and I sit down alone to first and foremost, give the facts. It has taken an absolute toll on my diabetes. Uh, my Dexcom is telling me on my average blood sugar, I'm just going to be blunt. My average blood sugar is like once it's, it's in the one seventies, a lot of like one seventy five to one eighty. the average, um, blood sugar when I get really like focused on, I mean, I, I moved into my parents' house when my dad was in his decline. I mean, I was, you know, I was dealing with a lot at that time. There was the moments of high stress where you see it in the blood sugar. There were, there were moments where there was not an amount of insulin that could help. And we as diabetics, and uh, maybe Ken will go back and laugh, and maybe I'm right, and maybe not everybody feels this way. You also don't want to overdo the insulin and then freak a bunch of people out because you fall on the floor in a diabetic coma and you, then they got to call the squad for you because you're getting pissed off because no amount of insulin is helping. And so you live with it. Like you, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times my blood sugar got stuck at 205. Like that was the number it had to be like 204, 205, 203. And it was so annoying. But at some point I had other things to deal with and I'm really, really focused like I am every day on my diabetes and it matters so much to me, but I had to just live with 200. I just had to live with 200. Um, I also say that because a lot of people want you to take your time and they want you to grieve and, and yeah, you do, you need to, but no matter what, for better or for worse, as a diabetic, you have a hardened attitude to just, you know what, as I, you know, what has happened has happened. My dad's death is like diabetes or OCD or ADHD. It's not going or diabetes. It's not going away. It's going to be here every single day. It's not. It has happened. And people don't always like to hear that. I'm good. Like now, though, I am good. Like Jackie, my dog who died, she brought on horrendous. I mean, like a water dude. My I didn't know you could cry to the point of like it like dripping down your arms and stuff. You know, and, and it was, and it was so necessary and needed. And I was in beautiful Puerto Rico, which is a second home for us. And, and then I got home and it was crazy hard to be at my house alone, but, um, all very necessary things, but it, it was yesterday. And I told Ken, I saw Ken today and I told him it was probably day nine from the, when the dog died 
and it was exactly a month to the day that my dad had died that I just, I saw the light, man. I woke up, I went for a run, no music, just focused. And I came back and I knew exactly what I had to do. And that was 48 hours ago. Every hour since then, I have told someone this story. Like I just, my mom, my therapist, I've, I've, you know, I've been to my therapist since today. It was great. I, all these people I say, like, I just, I know what I need to do. And it's all because of diabetes. It, 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 it really, really is. My therapist, she goes, how is the diabetes? And I go, it's awesome. I, my, my gut, that's my gut. Like, and even uh, if you go back and listen to the episode, Ken and Jerry and I, or Ken and Kelly and I, or Ken and Colleen and I, we all always end up laughing, being like, we're the best, man. We, we got it good. And that's what, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't give as, as, as unhealthy as I feel with my blood sugars being shitty, I, I, everything, everything comes down to that foundation, man, of, you know, you get up and you do it and you find a different, you find a different direction. Um, I guess my message with that story said, my message is there is nothing, nothing of monetary value that you will ever, ever add to your life. Or, or even if you're crazy enough to think you're going to add a kid to your life to be happy, there is nothing, nothing that will ever equate to looking at yourself in the mirror and just loving loving yourself and understanding you have one you, one brain. And the faster you do that, the faster you create a relationship with your ch yourself. And the faster you create a relationship with yourself, you're never alone. And you have the most, you have, you're confident because you're, you, you have you, you have this evolving especially relationship with yourself and that's a good term to use it's evolving you can never be a know-it-all you have to know that you're changing you could be you know you could have all the direction in the world but you could still be lost you know i stand here at 35 with so many lessons because i've worked so hard on myself you know, I've made the, like I said, 13 years ago, I made a conscious decision that I'm not doing medication. I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to fight. And I've, unbeknownst to me, it was going to be a crazy life of a lot of loss, you know, like a lot. I've had a lot of loss at 35, but, uh, I always understood that man, you know, I better love myself. Like I, I better, I better freaking love myself and I better be very confident in myself because that's, that will never change. Um, and I think that's my message and for better or for worse. Um, hold on. Now I'm embarrassed because I had it pulled up. Because it's not always believed. It's not, a, I don't know. You know, there's theories about this. You learn this in grade school. Uh, survival of the fittest. But I attribute everything to uh, Bob Marley. It's, and it's, and it's from a song that people don't really understand. I mean, the, this lyric kind of comes out of, it's hard to describe, whatever. But the, the lyric is, only the fittest of the fittest shall survive, stay alive. And I just, that's, to me, that is, when it really comes down to it and success and, you, and you're not gonna, you're gonna be blunt and give it to somebody blunt, that is, that is it. It is survival of the fittest, whether you like it or not. And again, these are all my opinions. Maybe Ken will even put that in the introduction. These are Graham's opinions, 100%. But, um, you know, I have a, I always laugh and say to people when we, Ken and I speak to the students at Ohio State, my tattoo on my butt 
is not like people are like oh because you're that you know in case you know you pass out no 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 my tattoo on my butt is a symbol that like diabetes can kiss my ass that's what it is like because that's the attitude i have you know that's my attitude i'm not gonna no screw you it's this is me you know this is me doing me so there is so much power in hobbies and some people don't even realize the hobbies that they have i love i love music i love breaking lyrics down i love um podcasts you forget when when someone says something like well, what are your hobbies you forget those are hobbies you would like to watch tv and netflix series that's what you like don't be embarrassed by it. you don't own it um the last thing advice is humor i have a lot of humor has saved my life i'm very sarcastic i laugh i laugh at myself i also laugh with myself i think i'm funny which is like again it's just a part of looking in the mirror and accepting whatever it is i think i'm funny but i also think i'm really weird like i get along with i think that's the other thing is i keep because i've been doing a lot of therapy and talking i keep telling that i do think i'm an outsider i think diabetes has taught me to be an outsider but there again my me as my message goes there's ownership in that there's fun in it man there are a lot of people that consider some themselves outsiders there are a lot of people that don't connect or they have a condition that they feel is separates them and all you really got to do is ask you just all you got to do is ask somebody and it's amazing the connections you can make i mean ken and i are you know are, we are an example of that so so that's my story that's my advice that's my message that's why we've been i don't know if this you know that's where we are now in the beginning of a new season and a new point of our lives uh there will always be challenges in life no matter no matter what and you can always, you're always going to have, that's the other thing is why buy, why think that money is going to buy happiness? You have to focus on your brain because it's always going to be there. You're eventually going to have to work on it. So don't, don't, don't wait. Do it now. Do it now. Just do it. Ken and I are already doing, sitting down, doing a lot of planning of the future and what we want things to look like. The feedback, you know, people always talk about the numbers and who are your sponsors and this and that. The genuine like amazement when you talk when someone has like you know at the end of a conversation they have a quick moment to be like hey by the way those hey by the way moments with two type ones has just it's very 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 inspiring and um you know we're finding like the jerry gores and different uh different clubs organizations nonprofits. it's cool it's cool it's gonna be fun and crazy come up on 50 episodes and again in a, in a second season and a new leaf just for all of us so Thanks for listening. As I said in the beginning, hopefully, like a book, you know, this, this goes on a shelf and can always be something that people can go back and reference if you can manage to listen to me and how annoying I may be in my voice and boring or trailing my brain maybe. But this was a fun exercise for me to do it. I don't know if I said in the beginning, but I am, I am a very private person. I genuinely don't understand like social media and stuff like that. Uh, and I decided that I never will. And that's that. And that's how I'm always going to be... Uh, but I don't want to be humble when it comes to knowing that I can help somebody. And it's, a, it's insane to be in this diabetes community because mentality matters. Mentality, mentality, mentality really, really matters. Not just mental health, your day-to-day -day mentality. Um, or just falling into the belief that this is, not, this is not a disease that's going away, you know.
it's a hard pill to swallow. Maybe I never took really take the perspective to take a step back and understand that that's a hard pill for people to swallow. And maybe that's a journey I should do like in the next year, you know, really understand Ken's story and why he fought it. Or there's got to be a million people in right now at Children's Hospital being diagnosed that, you know, whatever. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Talk soon. <laughs>